This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. AM 570, AM Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney King. King. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Oh, do I have to turn that on? I think so. Was that an issue? A little bit. Okay. It's Friday, you don't care. Remember? I don't care on the big Friday show where anything goes. If you have something to say, you can say it. I'm not promising we'll let you say it today. So if you call and we don't put you on, just talk to yourself. If we put you on, that means we consider you fascinating on the big Friday show where anything goes. And you have every opportunity to share. Share what's from deep within. Yes. If we care. Because on Friday, yeah. Rodney, meh, we don't care. Anything goes on the Friday show. You know what I got to say to that, Fred? What do you got? Calm the F down. <laughs> Call him the F down. <laughs> That's what I got to say to that. Yeah. You ever had an interaction like that with anybody, like Wayne Fonts or somebody like that? Anybody ever do that uh, to you? Not with a head coach, but I've had it with the assistant coaches, yes. Yes. Well, what happened? Yes. Dan Henning and uh, John Gruden, and yeah. Absolutely. Uh, no words were words were uh, words were exchanged. You know, when they asked a simple question to more of a detailed, a detailed problem or more of a difficult problem, and wanted a simple answer. And uh, you know, sometimes you got to go off on them, let them know <laughs> that you're the one out there playing the effing game and getting hit effing play every single effing play. You get out there and try to do this. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and how do they respond to that? Okay, we're sorry, we're sorry. Didn't mean to get you all riled up. Didn't mean to get you all riled. Okay, let's get ready for the next series. <laughs> <laughs> just try to squash it as quickly as possible because they're right. You, they don't want to keep it going on to the next series. So, Calm yeah. the f down. <laughs> Calm the f down. Oh, uh, that was bad though. That was bad last night. No. Oh, you think? Okay. Well, you start. Because I didn't think it was that bad. It was just bad from the optic standpoint, but like I said, if you've been in it, you understand those moments that you have. Um, you have those moments, in the, and it's live, right? So it's it's not it's not acting, it's not TV where you can oh cut, let's go do it again, cut, let's go redo that again. It's live, and there's no there's no do overs, and so you're trying to get it right, and emotions will fly, and those things do happen. Now that we have eight million cameras on every single player and every single game. Everything is going to get captured nowadays. Um, you know, for, more for me, not that that doesn't happen and that goes on because that happens. We saw Tom Brady yelling at his offensive line. I mean, there's there's clips over the years of different 
of quarterbacks. And if you play quarterback long enough, you've yelled at enough people up down the sidelines that, uh, that that's no big deal. The issue I have, um, just, just from my standpoint is just the, just the, the Kyler Murray body language. I've always kind of had that thing that it just bothers me about his body language when he's on the field. And then to, to let that outwardly show against his head coach, on national TV, I know you can't control it. I know it's a part of the game, and it happens. But it, it was more about you know Kyler Murray and his style, and the things that he has done in the off season and leading up to this season that bothered me more so than others. Because it was like a, it was like a combination of everything that led to last night. It's like it's Kyler Murray. Because Tom Brady didn't bother me. Other stuff didn't bother me. But to to, to have watched Kyler Murray over the last year and how he's acted on and off the field that that part bothers me and which was accented by by last night well he's he acts i'm not saying he is but he acts like a petulant child he, he acts yes. like an entitled kid yes and you know given everything he did and the way they've played this season by the way yeah the, last night they played better but the way they played this season then you look at him going off and you're thinking add up everything the totality of every single thing that's happened and he looks like he's throwing a fit. Yeah. And you don't expect that. He looks like a yeah. child throwing a fit, not a man yeah. playing quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And it's because of everything that led into that. That's exactly right. It's because of everything. You know, this was one off and he was a, you know, like I said, if he was some someone else or, you know, didn't have the issues in the offseason, didn't act like, uh, you know, someone entitled in the offseason and some of the things he did and, you know, wiping his social media accounts, calling out people, all those things didn't come into play, then then it wouldn't have been a big deal. But because of the totality of everything, like you mentioned, it does look like a temper tantrum right. by, by a young uh, young quarterback. And you don't expect that from the guy who actually is your CEO. The quarterback is your CEO. They've yeah. got to be the leader. And you can't expect this guy to own temper tantrums, acting like a kid. And I think that's why it affected you the way it did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because I don't. I normally don't have a problem with it, and I didn't have a problem with that per se because that happens. I know, but it's just who it was, and it just brought me back to his, you know, everything that he's he's done over the last year and a half, two years. It's just yeah, that that bothered me to that extent. How many times have we said it? I've said it when the Clippers signed Blake Griffin as an example. Yeah. Okay, you signed him. Now you got him. Now they were able got to get him. rid of him. But once you do that, once you go out and say, you're the guy, here's the money, here's the years, you got them. You got them. Arizona Cardinals, you got them. Denver Broncos, you got them. <laughs> you got them. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Interesting. All right, Lakers last night and Clippers. Uh, perception takes on the game right off the bat. I don't think the Clippers played well. Certainly played well enough to win. That wasn't their best game. It was our first game, not their best game. Kawhi came off the bench, was very efficient shooting. But even though the Clippers didn't play their best game, they still had enough to beat the Lakers. And the Lakers have one problem, and it was articulated last night. The exclamation point was dotted. You are two games in, and it is so clear, it's not even funny. We talked about after game one, LeBron even mentioned, you know, we don't have any lasers here. We got to have some guys that knock down shots. Yeah, you do. 
Last night, they shot 20% from three. Yeah. They were nine for 45. And Darvin Ham said, by the way, after they looked at the first game, they looked back at the tapes, and the Lakers' analytic department did their report. Do you know the Lakers, according to the Lakers' analytic department, had more good shots than any team that played opening night? The offense supplied them the opportunity with more good looks than any of the other three teams that played opening night. I buy that. Okay. So what does that tell you? They can't shoot. They can't shoot. That's exactly yeah. what it tells you. Yeah. They shot 35%, I believe, for the game. Check this out. Their, their backcourt of Westbrook, Nunn, and Patrick Beverly. Right. Were, I believe, one for 25. One for 25. And one for sixteen from three. This is your these are your guards. One for twenty five. I think Westbrook was zero for eleven. Oh for eleven. I mean, how do you win one for twenty five? And he's right. Darvinham is right. If you watched that game last night, there were opportunities. They how they tied that game up late in the game. I don't know. Well, I do know because it's all LeBron James, but. Having the opportunities that they had to score, take the lead, go up by four, go up by six, do what they need. They had so many great looks and so many crunch time moments, and they couldn't make one. And then what do the Clippers do? Come back down and hit a three. Well, that's because when you have Come back Luke, down and hit a group, yeah. Right. When you have Luke Kennard on your bench, the guy doesn't play yep. the whole game. Yep. Hey, Luke, just step in here for real, real quick, will yep. you? Yeah. Get this guy yep. a blow. Get in there. Go. Go hit three for me real quick. Yeah, go hit three. Okay, come on. Take a seat. You're good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. John I mean, Wall, John Wall, you haven't played in a year and a half. Yeah, go on, give me 15 real quick. Just, you know what? Don't even put yourself out. Just go out there. <laughs> give me a quick 15. You can take a seat here and relax. Yeah. We're not asking Kawhi. much from you. Kawhi? Oh, nah. Yeah, yeah we're going to bring you off the bench. Get ready. Sometime in the fourth quarter, we're gonna need you to come in and go get a few buckets. Okay. Don't don't, don't push yourself, by the way. No. Just, you know, be ready. When get to we your spot. You. Get to your spot and knock it down. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> Help a brother it was, out. That's it. It was. It's like the Lakers were struggling, struggling to make wide open good shots, good looks. Where the Clippers were okay. Good shot, tough shot, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're gonna hit it. What? What do we? It was game tied. Okay, let's 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 go up by six real quick. Let's go hit three real quick. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, now back off. We're okay. Now back off. No, we're good. We're That's good. why I said the Clippers didn't play exceptionally well. Not like they shot the lights out. They shot better than the Lakers. But then again, a, a youth team at the Agora Basketball League would shoot better than the Lakers today. Uh, but the Clippers did enough to win. Lakers issues were exposed. There was some concern about Anthony Davis. Down goes AD. Uh, again, yeah. Tell me the truth. Boom, he's down. What did you oh, think? Oh, man. I said, oh, no. That's two weeks. I, I did. I was like, the way he landed for a big fella, and we say this all the time, big fella on the ground as much as he is, it's just every time he falls, it's your heart is like, oh. And he fell last night and awkward, didn't get a chance to brace his fall, fell right on his hip or his back. And um, you could see even Kawhi had to go over there and say, oh, you okay? 
Um, but got back and went in the game. But man, that is just. Mm. And you got, I got the sense that he, uh, you know, every time he falls hard or he gets knocked down, there's a, there's a, in the back of his mind, it feels like he better get up because the narrative's going to go crazy about him being hurt all the time. Yeah, and let's be honest. When he got up, it's not like he jumped up and sprinted yeah. down the court. He was yeah. kind of hunched over. Yeah. Then he started Gingerly. hobbling. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Miller and Kevin Harlan, oh, he doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah. But give him credit. I mean, he played 32 minutes. He had 25 points. He was efficient. Two of four from three, nine of 16 overall from the field. Uh, yeah. He was efficient. How many times? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. How, 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 again, on that, how many times did, did uh, Reggie Miller and Kevin Harlan just say, man, if the Lakers had just hit a shot, man, look at that. Just a missed opportunity. Man, if they could just make one of those, and they couldn't do it. Well, there is good news. There was very good news. Just 18 more games before Rob Polinka decides what they need. They're on the 20-game countdown. They've played two, so you have 18 more. In 18 games, a decision will be made about what the Lakers need to do. Now, granted, it seems fairly obvious now to anybody that can see what the Lakers need to do. But we're going to take a 20-game sample size and then make a decision. Assess where we're at. Figure out what this team needs. How can it be that they don't have one go-to shooter? Not one. That they can rely on putting the game and go. You know, even, you know, even Austin Reeves, who, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's plays hard and he serves. He's not going to go get his own shot. And when he's in there, he feels like he's pressing. I don't know if it's a, a culture thing, but nobody can shoot when they put on that uniform. I, I don't know. I look at the Laker roster. I said this to Kevin this morning, and I look at the Clipper roster. Watching the game last night, sub for the Clippers. Okay, yeah. The guy comes in. I know that guy. Sure. I know who that yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's pretty good. Anytime there would be a sub with the Clippers, I mean, Norman Powell came in. I mean, he's a yeah. sub. If you want to look at it realistically, Kawhi was a sub last night. He came off the bench. So when the Clippers made a substitution, you know, all right, yeah, they're going to be fine. I don't know half these guys on the Lakers. I, I'm just being honest. I will learn them. I'm not immersed in them yet. They've played two games. I, who are these guys? Who is this guy? I have no idea. You know, I, yeah. I'm sure Toscano is a very good player. I don't know him yet. And they play hard. I mean, they play hard. They, they, they played, do play hard, right? Defensively, they played. They played well. Yeah, they did. They, they got some stops and they had some block shots. Um, you know, but it just. <laughs> and I know you don't get, you don't feel this way, but you kind of feel for, for LeBron, who's out there, thirty-eight years old, and feels like he's got to put the whole team on his back again. I would have felt more for LeBron if his fingerprints had not been all over the problem. But I do feel for him. Okay, that's one problem. What about the rest of it? Well, you can't find one shooter? You can't well, get AD to play? All right. You can't get AD to play dominant? Well, AD played well last night. But th yeah, there's but two guys that can dominant. play. And the third guy they went and AD had 25. He played all right. But there are two guys. And the third guy they just bought. AD needs to be a top five player in the league. He's top not three right player now. in the league. He's not right now them to be any have any chance he's not right now no but i mean it goes back to westbrook and would you say oh for 11 
You you brought a yeah. guy in. You needed shooting, and this guy can't shoot. Doesn't mean he can't play, but he's not going to light because, it up. Light it up from the outside. After the game, huh. cut three, Kevin. After the game, uh, Russ was asked, "Okay, how would you assess your performance tonight?" How about you personally? How would you assess your game tonight? Um, solid, solid. Um, played hard. That's all you can ask for. Um, move on to the next one. Okay, solid performance. Oh, for eleven, <laughs> solid. Oh, solid. You, you can give him that. He played hard. You can never take that away from him. Didn't make it. Yeah, that was, a, that, was, that was a loaded question by that guy. I don't know who answered that. Asked that question. Why? It was Mike Bresnahan. Yeah, yeah. it's a loaded question. He knows how the performance was. 0 for 11. What do you expect? He was trying to get something out of Russ. It was a sound bite. Hey, I didn't have a great yeah. shot. I want to yeah. work on it. Something. Yeah, but he, he knew that. Um, of course, he didn't have a great night. Of course, the performance was terrible. So Russ went totally the opposite way. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I didn't. I don't like those kind of questions to begin with. I didn't like them when I was a player. I don't like them now. Um, assess your performance. This is right after the game, you know. Um, I don't. I don't know anybody that ever liked that kind of question after a game. Um, and it it kind of rubs you the wrong way. But he did. He went the, the opposite of it and just he went like solid. Like everybody knows it wasn't solid. He knows that too. But nobody's gonna address the game in in the moment right after the game. It's like, really? Come on. Okay. Well, you think LeBron asked this question? LeBron, uh, what about the shooting? You know, we're really we're sharing the ball offensively. We're moving bodies. Um, and I think we will uh, begin to knock down shots um, as we continue to, you know, know where we want to be on the floor. Guys know where they want to be. Um, but our ball club is our ball club. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and harp on what we can't do every single game. That's it's not a leader, so. Um, what I know we can do, uh, we can defend our ass off. And we did that tonight, which gave us a, an opportunity to win. And uh, we just couldn't, just couldn't make it happen, but I'm okay with that. Okay, he's not okay with that. He's not remotely okay with that. And he may not sit there publicly and go, I'm not going to keep harding on our inability to make shots. But given the fact he said it after the first game, he knows they don't have any shooters. Yeah, but he's not going to. He was right. I said it after. It's clear that we don't have any sharpshooters out here. We don't have any lasers out here. But I'm. You, I'm not going to continue to say this after every single game, guys. You know, you see the game again. Goes back to the same question. You see the game. What do you want me to say again? That we can't shoot. You want me to say that after every single game? No. He said, "I'm going to focus on what we can do." So I, I was good with that answer. No, I, I'm. I'm not saying I wasn't good with it. But let's put it like this. Before LeBron made his comment after the first game that uh, we don't have any laser shooters out here, let's remember this. LeBron watches them every day in practice. He knows what they can do and what they can't do. He already knows. You get a chance to see Mm, what they can can and can't do. Some guys can fool you in practice. Well, I don't think anybody fooled him in practice I mean, Darham did say we're making them in practice. He said that last night. I've known guys and catch everything in practice. I know guys that, like, man, kickers. Make every kick in practice and get in the game and can't kick. Wasn't get in the, the game and can't catch. About Sasha Vujicic back in the day, like, oh, man, he never missed yep. in practice. He sure as hell yes. missed a lot during games at times. Yeah, so, that doesn't help you. No. Uh, it is what it is. That has happened. It, it, happened. Look, it is what it is. I'm not going to criticize the Lakers because I told you I'm not going to do that this year. They're an average team. I called them Charlotte. I told someone that. They said, aren't you being a little generous? 
Aren't you being hard on Charlotte? Well, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Aren't you being a little generous putting them in that division? So be thankful for a win. But the good news, if you're a Laker fan, 18. 18 games to go. And then Rob Palenka. You are going to hold that, aren't you? Oh, You are going to hold that to the fire. You are going to hold Rob Palenka to that 20 game. 18 to go. In 18 games, they'll be able to figure out what the issue is. Now, if they're 3-15, and that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because then they'll figure out what the issue is. You think they're going to wait to 3-15 and before they figure out what the issue is? If he waits 20 games, if he waits 18 more games. So that would probably make him 5-15. and Okay, maybe. But he's going to wait, and I don't I don't so At 4-12, he's not going to say, I, I've seen enough. Well, but he could, but that's not what he said he was going to do. We're going to wait 20 games. I think we pretty much have a, using the eye test, pretty good indication of what's happening after two. But it might take 18 more for them nah. to figure it out. No, nah, we knew it was happening before they started. It was oh oh. Okay. So we were 20 games ahead of him. Yes. And he was too. If he's being honest with himself, he knew. All right. He knew. He oh. knew if he could try, if he could, if he could move Russ Westbrook, before the season started, he would have. If he could have moved him, if he could move him today, he would. It's not 20 games. He just is trying to give him by himself some extra time to see what he can try to do. But the the longer it goes, I think the more no one's going to try to help the Lakers. That's the point. You know, he, here you go. Yeah. All right, hey, Westbrook's available. All right, yeah, we're thinking about it. What did he shoot last night? 0 for 11. Oh, we'll take him, but now give us nine picks with him. Yeah. I'm going to talk about one other thing concerning the Lakers. It really doesn't um, it doesn't apply to the fans, but it applies to something, I think, on a much larger, larger level. So give me a couple of seconds. Tell me what you think. You know, the way this works in this town is accredited media, local media, is credentialed for every game. And you apply for your credentials at the beginning of the season. They credential the Times, the Daily News, uh, national writers, national broadcast partners, and local TV stations. Everybody does it. Clippers do it. Dodgers do it. Angels do it. Everybody's given a season credential, so you have the ability to go down and cover the team if you are with a local outlet of any type. Some bloggers do it, and national guys get it as well. So I thought it was just about us, so I didn't say anything yesterday. I find out it's not about us, and I think it's somewhat troubling. Uh, everybody applies for their Laker season credentials. By the way, their COVID regulations are much stricter than anybody else in the market. If you want to get a credential and go down and be there, you have to have the most recent booster. If not, so that would mean three boosters. If not, you've got to have a negative test every time you go. Fine, it's their rule, no problem. So that's one thing. Everybody applies for their credentials. We got a call last week from the Lakers. So you still have to get a negative test before you go? If you go down in the court, yeah, or in the locker room, yeah. So we get a call at Channel 4, and they said, your season credential request has been rescinded. I've worked here 42 years, and no local team has ever rescinded a local broadcaster's credential. It's a season credential. And I'll say this, I don't really need it. I don't go to every game. But when you have that, you are able to go to whatever game you choose to cover. And the TV side is different than the... The newspaper side is different than radio because in TV, you don't go to every game. One guy does, it's Jim Hill. He goes to every single game. I think he went to every game when the Lakers were playing in Minneapolis. Jim does not miss a Lakers I think so. Game. I think he did. Goes to every single game. 
Okay. So they decided we're not going to credential all of the local media. And we're not going to let all of the local media in. We're rescinding your credentials. And you can apply on a game-by-game basis. That's not a problem. Okay, that makes sense. If you don't go to every game, why should you have a credential that will get you into every game? That's not a problem. But now there are two levels of credentials, Tier 1 and Tier 2. And this is where you start to wonder, what are they doing? In Tier 1, you have access to the floor pregame, which, by the way, in local television is all you really need, right? You stand somebody on the court for 90 seconds. Hey, we're down here. Lakers are playing the Clippers tonight. This is a big game. Uh, earlier today, I chatted with Ty Lu. Run some sound, come out. Guys warming up in the background. Okay, we'll have everything for you tonight at 11 o'clock. Despite right. the fact you don't need to watch the 11 because you already know what happened. <laughs> that, I'm so bitter on the 11 o'clock news. No, I'm just saying. We all know. <laughs> look, everybody knows how this works now. You know, anybody that goes, well, anybody that says to me, you know what? I never miss you every night. I I'm wait, gonna, Fred. Yeah. I wait till yeah. 11 o'clock to find out my information. Yeah. If anybody tells me that, I just look at them and roll my eyes. I go, thank you. <laughs> Sure I don't do. look at my phone. Of course not. See the alerts and updates. I don't look at my, I wait for the 11 o'clock news. Fred. Of course. You still like have a rotor report in your house. Right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's what you want. Tier one gets you on the court and also gets you access to the locker room after the game. Let me say this. If you're a local broadcaster, you really don't need access to the locker room. They bring everybody into the interview room. You don't even need to be in there. What you really need to do is be on the well, court. Well, don't you want to go around if you want to get uh, a quick uh, Q&A somebody? with somebody? Yeah, you do. Somebody else? Yeah. But I mean, you... they're going to bring in LeBron. They're going to bring in Anthony Davis and Westbrook maybe. Yeah. But say you want to talk to Kendrick Nunn or you want to have a conversation with uh, someone else. Yeah, that's more suited for writers. Austin Reeves. Can't you go say, hey, don't you want to be in the locker room to get that? Yeah, but that's more suited for writers. I mean, after the game, in local TV, what do you have, 40 seconds? Yeah. Well, okay. You're not going to Kobe. Right. Yeah. I understand. You can get him at practice the next day. Okay. Yeah. So, you don't. you really don't need to be in there. I get that as well. So you don't need a season credential. You can apply game by game. You don't really need to be in the locker room. I get that as well. But denying people access to the court before the game is really a bad idea. And here's what they made the local stations do last night because they claimed we have so many national, so many national outlets that want to cover the game. There's just not enough room for Los Angeles. We have so many national people that want to cover these yeah. games. We don't have room for Los Angeles. So what they did last, so we'll, it's a game-by-game game decision for you, whether you get in or whether you get out. Every local station last night, and I asked Mario, who went down there for us, was standing outside Staples Center before the game. They did let Jim Hill go from the court. CBS's rating in that time period was 0.0. It didn't matter. And it really doesn't matter who's there anyway. The point being, they locked out the local stations in favor because they openly admitted, we got to take care of the national people. And it got me to thinking about the story, Rodney, when the Lakers won in Philadelphia and Kobe was surrounded by the national media and there was a swarm around him. And they were walking down this hall because he had his national media obligations. And as he was walking, he turned to the side and saw us with our one camera doing our live show back to Los Angeles. He walked away from that swarm of national media. There had to be 30 people around him. He was carrying the trophy. He walked away. They looked at him, didn't know what he was doing. He had an obligation on, let's say, ESPN, and then he had an obligation on TNT. He turned his head, 
He looked at us. He walked over. He came right into the shop while we were on live. And I said something like, wow, Kobe, uh, hey, this is good that you're here, but the national media is waiting to talk to you. You know what he said? I got to take care of the folks back home. Mm-hmm. I got to handle the folks back home. The people that live and die with you, the people that root for you, I'm going to take care of the hometown folks first. He did about three, four minutes and he left. Mm-hmm. I, I never forgot that moment. Now, contrast that to we're going to take care of the national media here so all you local people can be outside. You're outside. I'm the first to admit that not as many people watch local news as they did. I get it. I understand it. I do it for a living. Believe me, I understand it better than most people because I'm really immersed in that kind of stuff. But it's a very bad message to openly state that the people in your city are not as important as the national people that come in here. It's really a bad precedent to set. If that was the case, and let me say this, they're so overwhelmed. Oh, we're so overwhelmed. Granted, there are more outlets today. You're telling me there wasn't a lot of interest in the Shaq Kobe Lakers? Really? Phil Jackson is the coach? Really? Well, you, you didn't have room for the local people then? You had room for everybody then. Oh, Rodney, and you and I can remember this. The Showtime Lakers? Granted, there weren't as many outlets. There wasn't a great deal of interest in those teams? Yet you didn't take the local people and put them on the street. And that's what they did. And what they said, and I can't believe they said it, and I even mentioned it last night on TV. You mean nothing, we don't care. You mean nothing. If you work here in this city, you have no impact, you mean nothing. And I thought it was terrible. I thought it was a terrible precedent to set. I thought it was very short-sighted. By the way, from my perspective, I don't really care because I don't go enough. If I go to a game, I buy tickets. I don't like to go do live shots from games. It's basically you're there posing anyway. Hey, I'm at the game, everybody. But there's not a damn thing you're doing at the game. Let's just call it the way it is. But you want to let people know I'm there. When you're there, you do nothing, and you have little access. But I'm there. Okay. Great. If I want to go out buy tickets, I'm not working, then I can really enjoy the game, not sit there like I'm posing. But that's the way local news works. It's a very bad precedent by the Lakers. It's very small-minded. And I don't know if it was one person with an idea. I don't know if this became a policy of the club. But to basically tell the local TV people, who have been there for you forever, and by the way, back in the day, long before it is the way it is, that was your free promotion. Talking to the people in the city in which you live was free promotion. Mentioning the Laker name, that's free promotion. That's how they used to sell tickets. Maybe not so anymore. Maybe not. Maybe the TV money trumps all. Maybe their big deal with Spectrum is enough. But you can't shut the local people out. It's a really bad precedent to set. Um, and just really disappointing. I don't know whose idea that was. Tier one, tier two, they wouldn't let the local TV stations turn on the camera live an hour before the game from anywhere inside the crypt. Well, we'll stand up on the concourse, we're tier two, 
we won't go on the floor. No. You can have and, no live transmission. And tier one was only national? Well, and Jim Hill. And Jim Hill. And that's great. Good for him. Like yeah. I said, I looked at the numbers. CBS's number at that period of time was 0.0. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter anymore. The numbers are what the numbers are. So when, it, when you say national, was it national? The I don't know. T, TNT folks, only ones carrying the game? Or was it also they let ESPN have a tier one? Or they let... Uh, I'm sure they did. Mother Na- I'm sure they let ESPN have a tier one. But before the game, what's the difference? How many people are broadcasting an hour before the game live anywhere? Nobody. The local TV stations and TNT is getting ready for its broadcast. What is ESPN on a TNT night going to do a 45-minute show live no. from the crypt? Of course not. No, I, I don't know who thought of this, what possessed them to come up with it. Yes. But it's kind of who? Bush League. And let us know who thought of this and bring them on the show. Call in. Feel free to call in. Whose idea was this? To squeeze out the local TV stations and local media here. That's absolutely absurd. I'm I, with you, Fred. I, I, I'm not trying to make too big of a deal out of it, but I've been here a it long time. It is a time, big deal. And I've been in the business a long time. I've it never seen anything like deal. this. At the end of the day, it, it's locals like family. Locals like family. They may rip you, but they're the ones you got to run to, and they're going to love you. National media don't really care about you. They only care about you if you're doing something. You're relevant, or you do something controversial, or you're terrible, or you're great. Those dog days in between, they don't care about you. It's the local folks. Are you actually telling me, and anybody that lives in L.A. for any period of time, are you actually telling me because the Lakers have LeBron James, there is more interest in the Lakers than when Shaq and Kobe were playing for the Lakers. We're all prisoners of the moment. We all get caught up. Is I've that what their answer was? Pardon me? Is that what their answer was? No, more, I'm asking. More relevant now? I'm no, asking. Where, where did that come from? Uh, no, I'm, 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 that's all I can surmise. The Lakers no, you, are more uh, relevant well, they, no now. No one said that. They were, you said someone said that they're, they're, mm-hmm. there's more interest now. No, what I'm saying no. is, is there? Am I missing something? Are the Lakers more relevant oh. with a bad team and LeBron James than when Shaq and Kobe were winning titles? Because when Shaq and Kobe were winning titles, there didn't seem to be a problem letting everybody in. But now there is? I think it's really short-sighted. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, Kevin, I'm sorry. I lost track of time. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't think we've had that in a long time, Kevin, what you just did. No, I'm racking you. I'm going to put you in for the uh, for the smack off, Red. That was good. There you go. When, when Kevin looks at me and points at the clock, I said, uh-oh. All right, UCLA's got a huge game at Oregon. This is going to say a lot about where the Bruins are going to be in this national playoff picture. Ben Bolts will join us next. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Money. That's money. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570 LA Sports. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank God you're here for the start. You know one thing about today's show. We absolutely don't care. No, we don't. Let them go, Freddie. Let them have it, Freddie. You know, I just want to feed Fred Rogan. I, I got to say Friday. one more thing. I got Yeah, Freddie, go. Can I? Ben Bolton. Yes, you waiting. can. So, Mario Solis and our camera guy, Alex Vasquez, last night were outside. You know, while people were on the court setting up the game, they went live next to a lady selling the bacon hot dogs. Outside? Outside. <laughs> oh, those bacon hot dogs. Ooh, and it just got me to thinking a little bit. Uh, during the break, do you know every professional sports franchise in this market, and I'm going to add the major college teams too, I'm going to add everybody now, takes care of the local TV and the local media, everybody. You know, for years, the Lakers used to give the media tickets, season tickets. That changed when Magic took over. He said, no, nah, we're not giving all these people free tickets. But Jerry busted because it was a great way. He thought the media would be friendly toward him. We should have never taken them, by the way, but there were free season tickets to the Lakers. That changed. Um, every team in this town, from the Rams to the Chargers, LAFC, the Galaxy, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Kings, the Ducks, the Clippers take care of local TV. Clippers take care of local TV. So the only franchise in this market that has come up with this determination is the Lakers. The Dodgers... My God, they can't do enough for you. Whatever you need, whatever you want. Every team in this market takes care of it, except the Lakers now. And the Lakers are one of the prime brands in American sports. It boggles my mind. So you won't be forced to do the uh, pregame on the street with, uh, with Clipper games? No, you can get inside. So had that been a Clipper game last night you would have been inside but inside yeah but inside come on lakers get your stuff together all right uh ucla at oregon this is an enormous game and from the la times we welcome ben bolch and ben thanks for jumping on thanks for having me okay when this season started and this date was circled did you as a guy that covers the team every single day think this game would have the implication that it's going to have Oh, no way. I mean, I thought that, I mean, I'll be honest. I thought the team was going to be very good. I pegged them at 10-2 and two before the season. Uh, but the way things are going, 10-2 would be probably be a disappointment. Um, so, yeah, they've really ratcheted up the expectations. Uh, you know, it was the, the saying before the season was Rose Bowl or bust, as Casimir Allen, the uh, multi-talented receiver running back, put it. But now, you know, they they've got some – college football playoff aspirations and if they win this game Saturday they're very much in the mix I, I agree with you they win the game Saturday and then run the table and of course you know I'm rooting against them at the end of the year but if they do run the table um, they should definitely 
being be in the in the playoff mix. Uh, because you got to believe that the SEC is going to beat up on each other. There are going to be some spots. The Big Ten is going to beat up on each other. There should be some spots for an undefeated UCLA team if they were to run the table. Um, what do you think has clicked for them this year? I know you said they're going to be pretty good, but they're they're better than most people's ex- expectations. Is it the fact that DTR is a senior coming back for his fifth year um, and playing so well, or that, that they're a senior-heavy Football team, what do you think is, is the reason why they're playing so well right now? Yeah, I think you've hit on a couple of the big factors. I think it's really three things. <clears throat> uh, the experience factor you alluded to with Dorian Thompson-Robinson being a fifth-year starting quarterback. You've got Zach Charbonnet, the senior running back. They've got 19 players in graduate school. So just experience across the board with really smart uh, players who are not making mistakes. Uh, and along those lines, uh, they brought in so many quality transfers who have made impacts on both offense and defense. You know, we, you kind of have an idea what you think they're going to do because you've seen them in college, but they've probably exceeded expectations as far as their impact. And then the third factor is going to be the defense because uh, Chip Kelly has not had what you would consider even an average defense in his first four seasons at UCLA. Now they have what I would call an above-average defense, attacking defense that can pressure the quarterback and create turnovers, and that's what they were really missing. So you put all those factors together, and that's why they're six and out. You know, Ben, uh, after four seasons, uh, people were calling for Chip Kelly's head. He seemed, at least outwardly to me, unflappable. Just kept going along, moving along, and doing his business. All right, well, his business has turned around this year, and business is pretty good. Has he changed at all? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, timing on that question because after the Utah game, I wrote about this uh, the, the next day. Um, he talked to us for 15 minutes. Now, his sessions can usually go anywhere from post-game from like, you know, five to eight minutes. He basically doubled that, and he waved off a spokesman who tried to cut off the session twice and said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I want more questions. Uh, so it was a side of him we'd never really seen before. He's been engaging. He's been accommodating. Uh, you know, he, he usually likes to be a little bit of a contrarian and, and go the other way no matter what you say, and he likes to parse questions and look for flaws in logic, and he hasn't done any of that uh, this season. So certainly the winning's uh, a big part of that, but uh, he certainly has been a lot more agreeable with the media. You know, I know he probably doesn't want to say it a whole lot or outwardly, um, but anytime you go back to a place you were for a long time, especially a place that you had some success at, uh, the play has got to be somewhat special. They haven't UCLA hasn't won up there since he's been the coach at UCLA. So um, how big a game is this for him, do you think? Uh, because I know he's probably not saying it. Well, he acknowledges, uh, I think he'll always acknowledge that it's special coming back to Eugene. In fact, he, he did say that, I think that's a direct quote, that it's always special okay. going back there. I mean, he didn't want to, you know, go on and on about it or talk about people he hoped that he could see and visit with. But just reading the body language and looking at him, you knew that this was a, a big deal. And it's certainly the biggest game of his time at UCLA uh, for some of the, you know, things we've already talked about. If they win this, they're in this, the college football playoff discussion. Um, so it's going to be interesting. As I wrote in my story that's uh, online now, uh, you know, it's the third time he's going back, but it's really the first time he's going back and looking a lot like the, the guy that uh, the Oregon fans remember uh, being so dominant up there in Eugene. Ben Bolch of the Times with us. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, AM570, LA Sports. And I don't even know if this is possible, Ben, but do you think somehow, some way, 
once USC hired Lincoln Riley, uh, if if it is possible, Chip Kelly thought, uh-oh, we better step up our game. I mean, they're in the same town, and they are basically the team of record when it comes to college football, very much like UCLA, the team of record in college basketball. But uh, UCLA, the Bruins in football, are the Clippers to the Lakers, are the Angels to the Dodgers. Do you think somewhere in the back of his mind he said, all right, whatever I've got to do, I've got to do now? You know, that's not really the way that Coach Kelly's built. I mean, he just kind of has his plan, and he's going to carry it out, and, you know, whatever else is going around uh, outside of that is really irrelevant to it. I'm sure on some level he thought, okay, now we know that, you know, USC is going to be a quality opponent every year, and we're going to have to play our best to beat them. But I don't think it fundamentally changed anything he did as far as his approach or his recruiting or anything on a day-to-day basis. Um. And when you look at these teams, they, they kind of, to me, they kind of mirror each other. They they both, and and I think over the years, you look at Chip Kelly and you see his teams and you see them being a wide open or you at least think they're wide open, throw it all over the place, but their foundation is running the football. And both these teams run the football very, very well. Um, they both score over 40 points a game. It, it's going to be an interesting matchup. How do you see it playing out and who has the edge if there's any on maybe offense, defense, quarterback play? Who has the edge in this game? Yeah, it's, it's about as even of the matchup as you could get uh, just with the eye test and statistically uh, two of the highest scoring offenses in the Pac-12, uh, both I think the number one and two in rushing offense, in rushing defense, and in uh, completion percentage. So a lot of high-level similarities there. Uh, the big X factors could be the weather. They say it's an 80% chance of rain up to like a quarter of an inch during the game. Uh, certainly that would favor the running game and the short passing attack of both teams. And those are strengths of both the teams. So they may not have to do change a lot fundamentally if there is uh, rain unless it's like a torrential downpour. But uh, it, it's, you know, I was talking to Mike Bellotti, the longtime Oregon coach the other day, and he said it's one of those coin flip games where, the team with the ball last is probably going to win the game, and I think he's spot on there. I think that these teams are so good on offense that that's going to be the difference. Whoever has the last opportunity to go ahead and win the game is probably going to do it. Well, Bruin fans hope that UCLA. And that being said, do you feel, Ben, uh, because you're at all the games, do you feel a groundswell building of more support for UCLA football can you sense it when they play at the Rose Bowl? Is there something that you can put your finger on? Yeah, I'm wondering if you're trying to set me up there with the uh, the attendance at the Rose Bowl being so bad. But but I, I do think that, uh, you know, there is a groundswell of support. I think that that's a legitimate uh, question and that you can feel the buzz building. I'm getting a lot more emails, a lot more retweets, a lot more inquiries about this team than normal. Uh, and I just feel it from the fan base. Look, they've been waiting for this for more than 20 years, haven't been to the Rose Bowl since 99, and it just kind of has that feel of a special season, right? So I, I think that there definitely is uh, just, just an eager fan base that's ready to uh, embrace this team in a way that it hasn't in a very long time. So I definitely feel that. All right, well, don't miss the action of UCLA football tomorrow against the Oregon Ducks. Kickoff 1230 in the afternoon right here on your home of the Bruins, AM570, L.A. Sports. Ben, we appreciate the time. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks so much, you guys. All right, that'll be a big game coming up 
tomorrow. A lot of people keeping a very close eye on that huge, here in Los Angeles. Huge Green. game. Huge game. Not only uh, not only for the Pac-12 and on the West Coast, but I think nationally it's a big game. I think they sent the uh, game day crews yeah. up in Oregon. Even yeah. though ESPN doesn't have the game. Right. Yeah, right. Which game. is a big deal. So. All right. Top of the hour. Who wants to yell at Rob Parker? I'm not saying we're going to let you. I'm not saying we're going to let you yell at him. But at the top of the hour, 1 o'clock, he'll be here. Oh, let me guess. I told you so. I, I told you so. Know, let me I guess. Know, know. Oh, God. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon now delight. Afternoon delight is bye bye by Marshmello and Juice World. This song was released along with a music video late last week as one of many previously un- previously unreleased tracks that features Marshmello and the late Juice World, who tragically died of a drug overdose in 2019. In a statement, Marshmello said, "I made this song the first night I met Juice. I was already such a big fan of his." And being able to work with him and make music with him was an absolute honor. With this song, I intended to keep it exactly the way we made it that night. Side note, we are uh, family friends with Juice World, who tragically passed away, and his mom, who is doing some really great work in the world of, of dealing with issues of overdose. So shout out to Juice World and his family, his mom in particular. So... Again, today's afternoon delight is Bye Bye by Marshmallow and Juice World. Okay, Rodney. Uh, Rob Parker coming up here in a bit. But before we break, again, uh, there's a story. And uh, look, do you believe in ghosts? I'll just start with that, Rodney. Do you believe in ghosts? Spirits? No. No. I don't believe in no ghosts. Kevin, do you? I ain't scared of no ghosts. All right. Not really. Ronnie? Yeah. I actually do, too. All right, so it's pretty much split here. Aliens, yes. Ghosts, no. Okay, I don't believe in aliens. Okay. But I do believe in spirits, things like that. I got both those covered. Okay. And have you ever been to a place that some people have said is haunted in your life? I mean, there's that hotel in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City that nobody wants to stay in because they say it's haunted. Yes. All right. So uh, at one time in, or another in your life, you've probably been to a place where somebody says, you know, this is haunted. And, and be honest. Even if you don't believe in spirits or ghosts, you know, you get a little, a little eerie. It's a little eerie when you hear that. And then you're always wondering, well, there's a house in Gainesville, Texas. It was built in the 1840s and back in the day it was a bordello. Oh Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, renters rent this house. They, They try to move in. They try to live there. Well, one woman is currently running the house. And uh, she says the house is haunted. She owns the house, and she says the house is haunted. Mm. And uh, it is haunted by sexual ghosts. Sexual ghosts. Not just a ghost. A sexual, sexual ghost? A sexual ghost. 
and WFAA in Dallas went out to investigate. This is a house in Gainesville. It is not a moving company. No, not at all. <laughs> but if you do move in, you haul yourself right back out. It's like a revolving door. The longest anyone stayed in this house was six months. Linda Hill says she and her husband had no idea why. In the mirror. After 10 tenants moved out in less than two years, someone told them it was haunted. Did you actually believe that? No. That changed while she was taking a shower. And I was in here. With Through the curtain. A dark figure whispered, looking good. And then he turned and walked off. Linda assumed it was her husband until her husband walked in. And he said, who were you talking to? And it was like, oh my God. He swore it wasn't him. It really is haunted. Rumor has it, the house used to be a bordello, which may explain why the ghosts here are, how do I say this? Sexual. Uh, yeah, okay. No other way to put it. Audio recordings have caught the ghosts talking dirty. Oh baby, oh baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. And I would like uh, to talk about something else, like uh, this door, which is pretty snug. Even when Linda pounds it shut, it finds a way to open. For those reasons and many more, Linda gave up on finding tenants and gave the house a name, Hill House Manor, where people can now investigate for themselves. Did she mention she's 70 years old? Did he mention that in the store? She's 70 years old? He did not mention her age, no. Oh, yeah, she's 70 years old. The, the owner of the house, Linda Hill. Rodney, do you buy that? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not here to call someone a liar if they believe and they seen it or felt it. I guess that that's on them. Uh, in order for me to really make a comment, I would have to go myself, Fred, and see if there were really ghosts there. Okay. Oh baby, oh baby, yeah, yeah, yeah I like it like a, that. An oh baby, oh baby, yeah, ghost telling me that. I tell you what, if I heard yeah. that why, when I walked in the house, I'd run right out. <laughs> Do it again. You'd run right. Fred would run right in. <laughs> Fred would run right to us. I've got oh, to baby, see. Oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. <laughs> hey, Fred, it might be Morgana. She's <laughs> just waiting to give you a kiss. No, uh, let me tell you what. That was, That's a lot more than a kiss. Oh, baby, oh, baby. Yeah, it is. I like it like that. Wow. Oh, you know who'd love it? Rob Parker. Oh Those my ladies God. are they're right in his wheelhouse, right? Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Older ghosts. <laughs> you know. Oh baby, oh baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.